everybody. So Atlas Obscura is coming out with a new book, and it is co-authored by me. Me and Cecily Wong have put out a book called Gastro Obscura, A Food Adventurer's Guide. And it's about the world's most interesting recipes, ingredients, restaurants. It is this mouth-watering journey all over the entire globe. So if you enjoy this podcast, I think you will love this book. I would love for you to own it. And pre-orders really help it succeed in the world. So check out the link in our show notes, and hopefully you will be as excited about it as I am. Onto the show. It was summertime in 1974 in Hot Springs, South Dakota, and a construction worker was tearing into the earth with his bulldozer. His name was George Hansen, and his job for the day was to level a hill, which, once George was done with it, would become the flat foundation for a new Hot Springs housing development. But then, the blade hit something. Something hard and gleaming and seven feet long. And even though it had been split in half, George could tell that this thing was a tusk. What George didn't know yet was that it was much more than a tusk. It was the first piece of a strange scientific puzzle. It was a clue in an ancient murder mystery. And it was the start of a nearly 50-year excavation. I'm Dylan Thuris, and this is Atlas Obscura, a celebration of the world's strange, incredible, and wondrous places. Today, we'll head out to the Hot Springs Mammoth site to sift through the dirt and the stories trapped beneath it. That's after the break. Last time I took a road trip. How many national parks could I hit in two weeks? What about hotels? Wait, hey Erica, how much am I spending on travel? When your questions about life turn into questions about money, there's Erica, the virtual financial assistant to help you spend, save, and plan smarter. Only from Bank of America. What would you like the power to do? Erica is only available in the English language. You must download the latest version of the mobile banking app, only available on select mobile devices. Your chat may be recorded and monitored for quality assurance. Message and data rates and additional terms may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. If you're looking for a place where the wide-open skies and the towering mountains inspire you to find an untapped part of yourself, you might want to take a trip to Wyoming. It's a place where bold, curious spirits forge their own way on all types of adventures. There is no shortage of iconic, expansive landscapes out there. You can discover breathtaking hikes, stunning state parks, authentic Western culture, and other historic sites— along with the tales of famous outlaws like Butch Cassidy and pioneers like Buffalo Bill Cody. The truth lies west. Discover yours at TravelWyoming.com. In the southwestern corner of South Dakota, cows easily outnumber humans. By a lot. Most of the people here are ranchers, so they can easily tell something is not cow 
or horse or bison. And so they're like, this is something very different. That's Dr. Sharon Weaver. She's a locally based paleontologist, the curator of the Hot Springs Mammoth Site, and an expert on its history. She says that George, the worker who found the tusk, piled his findings into the back of his truck and took them home to show his son. His son had taken some earth science courses in his college that year. And when his son saw the size of the tusk, he confirmed that this was no mere South Dakota cow. In an interview, he says he called up his professor and skipped dinner to drive out to the site himself to stake it out for the night. 24 hours later, the professor arrived, looked around, and was like, Oh, I think you have mammoth here. And they thought, okay, there's a mammoth here. We can easily just dig it up, and then you guys can go about your business and put it in your housing development. And they came back the next season to, like, okay, we're going to dig up this mammoth. And then they realized, oh, there's mammoth bones over here. There's mammoth bones over there. There's another mammoth over here. And the number of mammoths just started to increase. A single mammoth tusk would be an exciting and unusual find. But what they were unearthing was a lot stranger. And as they dug and dug and dug, they realized that this was actually something super important, that there was something going on here. By a fortunate twist of fate, the developer was actually pretty chill. He sold the 14 acres of that hot springs hill to the crew for the price at which he'd originally purchased it. And by 1975, it officially became the mammoth site of Hot Springs, South Dakota. And they started putting up shelters and eventually raised the funds to put up an entire building over the whole area. The excavations continued each summer, and the mammoth bones just kept rolling in. There were tens, then 50, then more. And as the paleontologists unearthed more bones, they started to notice an odd pattern. Pretty much all of the mammoths that we have found, all the pelvis, right, the hip bones that we have found, the measurements indicate male. Almost all of the mammoths they ID'd were male. This left folks at the mammoth site wondering, what even was this place? And why did so many male mammoths come here to die? To begin to crack this paleontological murder mystery, you have to understand that the Hot Springs Hill, it wasn't always a hill. Let's let's rewind and go back by about 200,000 years. You had multiple layers of rock. You had the Minnelusa limestone. And then long, long ago, the terrain here was pretty flat, with lots of different kinds of rocks layered on top of each other, like a geological lasagna. But the bottom layer, limestone, started eroding little by little until it just became this huge underground cave. But in this particular case, this cavern was so far underground that the, and got so big that the rock on top of it, being so heavy, collapsed inward. This formed a gaping 120 by 150 foot sinkhole in the ground. The sinkhole filled with water and eventually overflowed, spilling out over the sides and onto the surrounding ground. And to an unsuspecting mammoth, this looked like a pretty good place to get a drink. 
mammoths love to swim, so they could have gone in to try to swim around too. Oh, you didn't know? Mammoths are exceptional swimmers. They are very buoyant. They they have a lot of fat on them, so that helps them float. And they have built-in snorkels, right? Their trunks could act like a snorkel. But it's very unfortunate that they chose to go into this particular pool of water. There's no way of getting out. It looked like a watering hole, but that watering hole was another hole—a hole of inescapable death. Even for these apparent Michael Phelps-like mammoths, the sinkhole walls were just too steep and too slick. So once they got in, they could never climb back out. But this only solved half of the puzzle. It explained how the sinkhole became a mass grave site for mammoths. But it didn't explain why almost all of them were male. As the paleontologists tried to piece this ancient mystery together, they discovered something else about the bones that they had found. They all seemed to belong to relatively young, teenage male mammoths. And if there's one thing we know about teenage male mammoths, they tend to make kind of. Uh, not the greatest decisions when it comes to what to do and what not to do. This pattern maybe isn't unique to just mammoths, but to get at why these adolescent mammoths went into the sinkhole, scientists started looking at the dynamics of the whole herd. So it's a female-run society. So you have the grandmother mammoth basically in charge of the group with all the the moms and aunts, and then the offspring. In these groups, Grandma Mammoth is the keeper of communal knowledge, but she can pass this knowledge along to the next generations in the herd when the moment calls for it. Like, for example, hey, I watched your great uncle slide to death in that pond. Let's go find another place to swim. And young male mammoths, um, when they reach sexual maturity, they get kicked out of the herd. And so they are in small bachelor herds of three to five, or even in some cases out on their own. Without Grandma Mammoth's words of wisdom, these knuckleheads just kept waltzing right in. And it turns out this isn't just the case at the mammoth site in Hot Springs. Scientists noticed a similar pattern in Siberia. A majority of mammoth remains discovered in natural traps belong to young males. Whether plunging through thin ice, getting caught in mudslides, or swimming out in ponds of death, these guys were dying in ways that would probably make a grandma mammoth click her very large tongue. Um, it was not an easy way to die. Uh, it's very unfortunate way to die, but it also preserved them for us to better understand them and understand the environment of that time. These sinkholes hid them from scavengers and the natural processes that would have broken the bones down before a paleontologist or a bulldozer could dig them back up. Since that summer day in 1974, the crew at the Hot Springs Mammoth site has unearthed the remains of more than 60 individual mammoths. We have a huge concentration, the largest collection of Colombian mammoths in all of the U.S., um, potentially all the world so far. And we can really kind of see these animals where they died. 
Both woolly and Colombian mammoths have been found there, along with the remains of a whole cast of other Ice Age-era creatures that roamed the part of South Dakota thousands of years ago. From giant, short-faced bears to camels to prairie dogs. And you can see them all today in situ, left where they were when they died. Uh, We feel like it's super important to try to leave these specimens in place as much as possible because there is the human impact to it. There's the feeling of seeing exactly what was going on, of stepping back in time. It's the respect to the animals that died. It's the, the research behind that. There's so many different components. To visit the mammoth site is a little bit like stepping back in time or maybe like sliding into the deep, cavernous hole of it. Between us and these mammoths are tens, if not hundreds of thousands of years. And over time, that sinkhole filled with silt and sand and other sediment and trapped the stories of these creatures in place, like an accidental time capsule, grinding and crushing and sloping upwards into that small hill. We have a lot to learn from that hill. For paleontologists like Sharon, who worked through the bone bed, it offers a window into what the Black Hills ecosystems were like throughout the Ice Age, how they changed, and how they're continuing to change. For the people who first discovered the bones, it's a reminder that history is never too far underfoot. And for the rest of us, if you're a teenager, maybe slow down. Look before you leap. Think before you swim. And if you have the chance, just listen to your grandma. Special thanks to Dr. Sharon Weaver for telling us about the Mammoth site today. Our podcast is a co-production of Atlas Obscura and Witness Docs. This episode was produced by Abby Peralt. Our production team includes Doug Baldinger, Chris Naka, Camille Stanley, Sarah Wyman, Manolo Morales, Chilenya Onike, Maddie Weinberg, Camille Mojica, Tracy Samuelson, John Delore, Peter Clowney. Our technical director is Casey Holford. This episode was mixed by Luce Fleming. Our theme and end credit music is by Sam Tyndall. And I'm Dylan Therese, wishing you all the wonder in the world. Talk to you soon. Witness Docs from Stitcher.